Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Wednesday show for week 20. That is March 1st of 2023. Welcome to March, everyone. Uh, I am your host, Karsten. Uh, unfortunately, I am not joined by my normal co-host for Wednesday, Justin. He's feeling under the weather. Uh, we want to wish wish him the best in recovering from his, uh, his sickness at this time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and run things solo in his absence. Uh, for today's show, we have your game summaries from last night's action, the latest news around the league. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of league storylines. This is mainly just one team in particular. And then we'll get into a weekly prediction, a new prediction that runs through the rest of the season. So uh, that being said, let's waste no more time. Get right into it. Last uh, last night's games, we had a, a big docket for you. There was, oh, how many games? Ten games for you. First of these was in Atlanta, the Hawks hosting the Washington Wizards. And the visiting Wizards get the better of the Hawks, 119 to 116, thanks to Bradley Beal and his strong game. Uh, and the Hawks lose their first game with Quinn Snyder at the helm as their newest head coach. Uh, for the first half, the Wizards held serve. Uh, the Hawks took the lead going into halftime, held it through much of the second half. And then the Wizards stormed back and took this game and ended up winning the game at the end of it. For the Hawks, they were led by Trey Young's 31 points and 7 assists. They got 15 rebounds for Clint Capella along with three three blocks and two steals. That defensive prowess inside showing through. Uh, 15 points for DeJounte Murray, 14 for DeJounte Hunter, 16 off the bench for Bogdanovich and 12 off the bench for Sadiq Bey. Um, Speaking of Sadiq Bey, a very interesting fact I saw on Instagram, which is true, Sadiq Bey has had four coaches over the last six games, something like that. It might have even been four games. If you think back over the last two weeks, he's played for Dwayne Casey in Detroit. He was traded to Atlanta, played a game or two for uh, Nate McMillan, excuse me, was that Nate McMillan was fired. He played a game for uh, Prunty, the interim coach, and now he's played a game for Quinn Snyder, the permanent head coach. That's a wild ride. I can't imagine four coaches in such a short span. Pretty, pretty remarkable. Pretty, it's got to be a, a fact for you know a fun uh, trivia fact going forward. Uh, for the Wizards, though, we mentioned Bradley Beal, thirty-seven points for him. Uh, he only hit one three-pointer and two free throws. He was 17 of 30 from the floor overall, doing it the old-fashioned way. He was aided by Kyle Kuzma, who had 28 points. Uh, Daniel Gafford, 13 points and 12 rebounds. No Kristaps uh, Porzingis in this game, but it did not matter as they were able to get that victory against the Hawks. Next, the Milwaukee Bucks. Their win streak continues in Brooklyn against the Nets, 118-104. to 104. Uh that is their 15th straight victory. And the Nets made a run of things through the first three quarters. The Bucks took a big lead into that fourth quarter uh, and then never looked back. For the Nets, it was Mikhail Bridges leading the charge. He's kind of their de facto go-to guy at this point. 31 points with five assists and two steals. 26 points and eight assists for Spencer Dinwiddie back in Brooklyn doing his thing. Uh, 19 points for Cameron Johnson as well. Uh, but for the Bucks, they're just the better overall team. 33 points, 15 rebounds for Giannis and Tenacupo. 13 points, 10 boards for Brook Lopez. 18 points off the bench for Chris Middleton. And uh, the Bucks get the win there. They continue the win streak. 
Not much to see. Let's jump to the next one. Toronto Raptors winning at home against the Chicago Bulls, 104-98. to And that is the Raptors' eighth victory in their last 10 games. They're starting to put, a, put together a nice little run here post-All-Star break. Uh, back and forth affair, 14 lead changes in this game, most of those in the uh, the excuse me, beginning of the second quarter and uh, third to fourth quarters. There was a lot of change there. A uh, very competitive one. For Chicago, they were led by Vucevic. He had 23 points, uh, 13 points for DeMar DeRozan, 17 points for Zach Levine, 10 rebounds off the bench for Andre Drummond. Meanwhile, for the Raptors, uh, Pascal Siakam led the way scoring-wise, 20 points for him, uh, 19 points off the bench for Gary Trent Jr. He's kind of finding a new role potentially as a six-man type player uh, with Jakob Pertl filling in that starting center spot. Those guys kind of shifting back up to more natural positions. 17 points, eight rebounds for OG Ananobi, uh, 14 for Pertl, and uh, three steals and two blocks for Pertl as well. Uh, 11 points, eight rebounds for Scotty Barnes, and the Raptors get that victory. Next, the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Los Angeles Lakers visiting Memphis, 121 to 109. Uh, John Morant absolutely demolishes the Lakers, especially in that third quarter. Uh, we'll have a little bit more in just a second. Firstly, for the Lakers, Anthony Davis in the absence of LeBron James, 28 points, 19 rebounds, five blocks. Uh, very impressive effort there. 21 points off the bench for Lonnie Walker the fourth. 17 off the bench as well for Austin Reeves. 10 points, 10 assists for Dennis Schroeder and 12 points for Malik Beasley. But we mentioned the Grizzlies. John Morant had 28 points in the third quarter alone, one of the highest scoring quarters we've seen in NBA history, certainly a Grizzlies franchise record. He finishes with 39, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double, very strong game for him, one of the best of the season, certainly, maybe of his career. 18 and 11 boards for Xavier Tillman starting at center. 16 each for Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. as the Grizzlies get a win against the Lakers. We'll talk a little bit more about the Lakers in a moment. That's kind of my main point for our league storylines. Uh, but for now, let's jump to that next game. The Denver Nuggets uh, handily beating the Houston Rockets in Houston, 133-112. to Rockets versus Rockets, if you are uh, aware, a keen fan of the NBA's history and the ABA's history for that matter, you'll know that the Denver Nuggets were originally called the Denver Rockets. Uh, so Rockets versus Rockets, if you will, uh, kind of an interesting note. Uh, yeah. Nuggets win this one. Not too much of a, a, a contest. The Nuggets led by as much as 26 points. They never trailed in this game uh, and they go on to win this game for the Rockets. They had a, a very balanced effort uh, two guys scored 17 points each. That's Terry Eason and Jalen Green. Eason also had 12 rebounds off the bench along with his 17 points. 15 points for Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, two steals as well. A little bit of defense there for you. Uh, meanwhile, for the Nuggets, Jokic, another triple-double. 14 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. That is his 100th career triple-double. Uh, so congratulations to him on that landmark. Uh, I'm sure if you asked him about it in the postgame interview, he'd say, ooh, kind of half uh, half sarcastically. 32 points for Jamal Murray. Great scoring effort for him. 17 for Michael Porter Jr. 14 for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And 15 off the bench for Bruce Brown. 
as uh, the Nuggets go on to win that game. Next, the Sacramento Kings go into Oklahoma City against the Thunder and win that that game. That's their fourth straight victory and the Thunder's fourth straight loss. Kind of an interesting side note there. Uh, Kings led pretty substantially through the first three quarters. The Thunder made it close. They actually tied the game in the fourth quarter, but the Kings retook the lead and uh, ended up winning the game. For the Thunder, uh, no Shea Gillis-Alexander in this game. So in his absence, Jalen Williams, that's L-E-N, uh, scored 27 points to lead the Thunder. 21 points off the bench from Dario Saric. He was their second leading scorer. Uh, 10 each for Aaron Wiggins and Trey Mann. 11 each for Lou Dort and Kenrich Williams. Uh, for the Kings, though, their starting lineup uh, tore it up. 29 points for Harrison Barnes, along with 9 rebounds. 22 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists for DeMontis Sabonis. And 20 points for Kevin Herter, along with 9 assists. 15 points for Davion Mitchell. And 13 points, 10 rebounds for Keegan Murray. No De'Aaron Fox in this game. Uh, but the Kings showing off their depth as they're able to get that win against the Thunder. This one, this next game is kind of an intriguing one. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks playing host to their former coach Rick Carlisle and the Indiana Pacers. And the Pacers get the win against the Mavericks, 124 to one to 122, excuse me. Uh, Halliburton and Doncic have a head-to-head matchup here, the two All-Stars for their two respective teams. Uh, Irving, of course, an All-Star as well for the Mavericks. Back and forth affair, 11 lead changes in this game. Uh, the Pacers almost lose the game towards the end. They held a lead as much as 12 points at the beginning of the fourth. The lead was cut down to a a possession or two, but the Pacers hold on to win that game. Uh, The Mavericks were led by, we mentioned Luka, 39 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Kyrie added 16 points and nine assists of his own. Uh, Off the bench, Tim Hardaway Jr. also had 16 points, 12 points and six rebounds for Christian Wood. Hardaway and Christian Wood look like the kind of two sixth men, sixth and seventh man for the Mavericks. They're the newly constituted Mavericks. 14 points for Reggie Bullock as well. For the Pacers, though, Halliburton, 32 points, six assists, seven rebounds, 12 to 15 from the free throw line, 24 points for Miles Turner in uh, support of his co-star Halliburton, 16 off the bench for the recently acquired Jordan Nuora from the Bucks. Uh, three other guys had 10 or more points and the Pacers get that victory against the Mavericks next this one I caught the end of it it's a heartbreaker uh, and I mentioned I didn't want the Jazz to be the team to let this one slide Uh, the Utah Jazz lose at home to the visiting struggling San Antonio Spurs 102 to 94 Uh, that ends the Spurs 16 game losing streak that's their first win in their last 17 games I'm happy for the Spurs sake you know you don't ever really want to see a losing streak that rough, that long. It gets you know tough for the team involved. And so I'm happy for the Spurs' sake. I'm not happy for the Jazz to be the team to give up that that win and to, to help break the streak for the Spurs. Uh, back and forth game. The, the Jazz had every chance to win this one towards the end. Uh, had, some, had some turnovers. Uh, just didn't play very sharp. The Spurs uh, playing hard to, to break that streak. Uh, for for the Jazz, Larry Markkinen led the charge, 28 points, 10 rebounds. Olenek had 10 rebounds as well. Walker Kessler had 10 points and 15 rebounds. Those three combining for 35 rebounds, very stout rebounding presence. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, lost my train of thought for a second. 
Walker Castler also had two blocks. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker starting at the uh, quote unquote point guard. They're kind of in a rough stretch there with uh, injuries to uh, Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson or Clarkson might just be rest, but both of those guys out uh, Horton Tucker filling in at that proverbial point guard, even though they have Chris Dunn who's played well in those few, these few games he's played on that 10 day contract. They start Taylor Horton Tucker 16 points, uh, three blocks and a steal. Uh, seven turnovers, though, was a little bit rough. 10, 11 points off the bench for Chris Dunn. The Spurs, though, led by Kelton Johnson. Uh, 25 points, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, Zach Collins, not a high-scoring game, but put together a lot of other stats. Six boards, five assists, three steals, and a block. 13 points for Jeremy Sohan. Ten point, or excuse me, 19 points off the bench for Doug McDermott. He hit a few big threes to help turn the tide for the Spurs uh, in the second half of that game. Charles Bassey with 10 rebounds off the bench as well, and the Spurs get that victory against the Jazz. They break the streak. Congratulations to them. I'm sad that the Jazz were the ones to let that one slide. Next, the Golden State Warriors went at home against the Portland Trailblazers, 123-105. to um, Interesting headline from the NBA's website. Hold Lillard to 25 points. Only 25. That's still a decent scoring night. Um, the Blazers actually led by as much as 23 points going into halftime or just before halftime. Uh, the Warriors on a, a furious run in the second half take that game away from Portland. The Trailblazers, yes, Lillard, 25 points. He also had seven assists. His shooting percentages were not as stellar as we've seen in the past. Jeremy Grant added 24 points of his own, uh, 15 points from Matisse Thibel. 13 off the bench for Shaden Sharp. But for the Warriors, their starting lineup out uh, outclassed, I guess, the Portland Trailblazers in terms of scoring. 29 for Jordan Poole, 23 for Clay Thompson, and 21 for DiVincenzo, starting at the small forward spot. Uh, 14 for Kevon Looney, 12 for Draymond Green. Draymond Green also with nine rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and two blocks, putting together a very Draymond Green esque stat line Kaminga had 16 points off the bench in that six-man role for that game and the Warriors get a very nice win against the Trailblazers who were very hot Lillard especially in the last few games finally the Minnesota Timberwolves win on the road in LA against the Clippers 108 to 101 uh, and that ends the Timberwolves recent three-game skid uh, Clippers led it through much of the first half Timberwolves take it in the second half and, uh, yeah, nice win for the Timberwolves. For the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combined for 48 points, 25 from George, 23 from Leonard, 14 points, 10 assists for Russell Westbrook, 13 off the bench for Norman Powell, uh, 12 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks for Avita Zubats. For the Timberwolves, though, uh, Anthony Edwards, 18 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, Three steals and two blocks, getting it done more on the defensive end uh, compared to his higher scoring games. Jaden McDaniels actually led the charge with the scoring, 20 points. Tw uh, 12 points, 10 rebounds for Kyle Anderson. 16 points for Rudy Gobert. And uh, 12 off the bench for Nas Reed. 10 off the bench for Torian Prince. And uh, a nice little all-round game for the Timberwolves to get that win to end their recent skid. And that ends our game summaries from last night's action. Let's go ahead and jump into our key news. Firstly, we've already talked about it. Just real quick, Kevin Durant did officially make his debut, his Phoenix Suns debut tonight versus uh, the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. In Charlotte, excuse me. So congratulations to Durant. 
the Suns organization, the fans. He's it's official, it's real. He's there. He's a Phoenix Sun, and he's played for the Phoenix Suns. So that's that's very exciting stuff. Next one, uh, an unfortunate note for the Pacers organization. David uh, David Benner, the Pacers PR director for 28 years, longtime PR director. He had recently retired. He passed away at uh, 67 years old. Uh, well regarded across the league, not just the Pacers organization. A true credit to the NBA family. So we want to extend our well wishes to the Pacers, uh, his family at this time as well. Uh, definitely a tough loss for the NBA family as a whole. Um, next, an interesting note, uh, Vanessa Bryant, uh, wife of Kobe Bryant, has settled her lawsuit over the uh, the specifics of the crash photographs, the photographs that were uh, made public of Kobe Bryant, the, the, the helicopter crash. Uh, they've settled. She settled that lawsuit for $28.85 million. Um, just a tough situation all around. You know, to be in that situation, having lost uh, a loved one, especially, uh, you know, your, your, your life partner, uh, you know, a spouse, and to then be in that situation where uh, you felt or you, the, the photographs were, uh, it's a it's a settlement, not really a a statement of of who was at fault or if there was fault in this case. But to to deal with that situation where you feel that these photographs of that event where you lost that loved one uh, to have to go to court for that, just a difficult situation all around. Uh, those people being sued, maybe they felt they were just doing their jobs as uh, you know photographers, reporters, whatever the situation is. Just a tough situation all around. Um, it's settled now. Uh, a, a large financial sum uh, in this case. So hopefully now um, there's a little bit more peace on, on both sides for that, for that matter. Um, next for the Warriors, uh, Stephen Curry could return. Uh, they're hoping he returns uh, or has a chance to return next week during the team's three game road trip. Uh, of course, he's missed a great deal of time with a leg injury. He, before that he had returned for a handful of games after he had missed uh, another stretch of games with uh, a shoulder injury. So Steph Curry has missed a much of the season. They're hoping he's able to return uh, next week. So that's some bright spot and bright news there for good news for Golden State. Uh, for Philadelphia, Joel Embiid did not play tonight in Miami versus the Heat with a sore left foot. Similarly, uh, for the Lakers, Anthony Davis is out this game. Uh, their most recent game tonight in Oklahoma City with a right foot injury. Uh, so both those guys out short term. We hope that there's not news of them being out long term. There's chances that it could be that way, but we want to wish both those guys the best with those respective injuries. Uh, hopefully they're back on the court very soon. Similarly, we also want to wish the best to Monte Morris of the Washington Wizards. He's week to week with a back uh, injury of some of some sort. Uh, so, I imagine that means he's probably out this week. Uh, hopefully he's able to return within the next week or two and uh, and and be a big part. He's been the starting point guard for the Wizards. So, again, wish him the best. Wish all three of those guys dealing with injuries the best. Finally, a couple of transactional notes. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have waived uh, two-way forward center. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Sandro Mamukelashvili. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Longer name. Um they, I, from what I've seen, it was kind of more of a mutual decision. He was not going to have a chance to play 
much uh, for the Bucks with them having such a, a deep veteran emphasis team. So they're going to look for him to maybe get an opportunity with another squad. And then for the Wizards, they have waived center Vernon Carey Jr. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a couple of those guys now waived. We're still waiting to hear as far as some of the buyout type names that we were curious about. Uh, I guess Reggie Jackson signs the Nuggets. Maybe there's not as many buyout names at play as I'm thinking, but we might still hear about some over the next few weeks. Otherwise, that takes care of our our key news. One last thing. I forgot to mention this with David Benner. Um, There was... uh, under his leadership, again, he was a PR director for the Pacers. The Pacers were a two-time winner of the Brian McIntyre Media Relations Award, which is presented annually by the Professional Basketball Writers Association to the NBA media relations staff in recognition of professionalism and excellence, uh, end quote. That's a more of a direct quote from this uh news article from the NBA website about his passing. So I uh, just wanted to add that in again, uh, a real credit to that profession and the NBA family. He'll definitely be missed. Um, that being said, that takes care of our key news and our game summaries. Uh, let me grab a drink real quick. Okay, there we go. So now let's jump to uh, kind of the Wednesday specific conversations. And I want to start it off just something I've been thinking about and uh, feeling bad about with uh, the Lakers recent run of um, luck, I guess, or lack thereof, of course, just a few weeks, a few weeks ago, the, the talk was all about LeBron passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list. That had been the talk for much of the season up to that point. It was a celebration moment. There was still some, there was kind of a, a little bit of a background as far as, you know, the team's still struggling trying to find that playoff success, but that the build up to that, to that point in the season and much of the season up to that point for the Lakers was defined by LeBron's pursuit of Kareem's record. And that was understandable. And he broke the record and it was a you know celebration for the, the, for that day and the few days following. And then we, that was finally able to be just kind of a, a back burner item, you know, okay, that happened this season. Congratulations. But now as we're, especially post all-star break, what does this, what does the future look like for this Lakers squad? Excuse me. As we're looking to the end of the season, are they going to be able to find their way to a play in spot, a playoff spot? You might remember, I made a prediction saying that the Lakers would make uh, the, the play in or playoff spot. They would fit, they would have one of the best closes to a season to, to the season of any of the Western conference teams. Um, But it looks like that's just not going to be in the cards. Of course, we talked about last time with LeBron uh, and that foot injury, something he's dealt with on and off uh, this season, especially the last few weeks. Now it's something more severe. He's going to miss a few weeks with that. And uh, Anthony Davis, we mentioned in today's news uh, missed tonight's game. Uh, with uh, similar foot issues. You know, both those guys have missed a, a bunch of time with injury. The Lakers made trade deadline moves to retool the roster and make a push. And they're now dealing with their two stars, Anthony Davis and LeBron James being out with similar injuries. And I've held out hope a lot of the season, as far as the Lakers being able to make the playoffs, LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, you compare this season to last season, and it's a world of difference as far as 
the feeling around the team, the rosters themselves, the the momentum. You know, last year's Lakers squad, there was a certain feeling of of egotism, of uh, of cockiness. At least that was the outward perception. The true differences between last season and this season, uh, from an insider perspective, for me, are impossible to say. Of course, I have no idea what goes on inside the Lakers organization, inside the locker room. Outside perspective-wise, highlights, uh, game results, standings, last season to this season. Last season felt like a team that was constructed with you know, a lot of names, a lot of great names who felt like they could coast through the regular season and then find their way into the playoffs or play in tournament and then just, you know, flip the switch, turn on whatever that is and and go on a tear winning games. And that uh, as that was far from the case that last season, they didn't even make the play in tournament. It was a very, you know, it was kind of a just a bad situation all around. For those of us who tend to root against the Lakers, uh, myself included as a Jazz fan, Lakers are a rival of the Jazz, uh, have been a lot of their history. You know, I, I laughed at times seeing some of the plays, seeing the Lakers boo, or the Lakers fans boo the Lakers at home. Uh, long story short, that season compared to this season has been totally different. This this season's team has, you know, it's a new head coach, new roster, they it felt like they were humbled to a degree, even you know whether or not that really is the case. That felt like what the case was, you know, humbled by what happened the prior year, um, and they were they were pushing. And especially you know Anthony Davis, what he did in the off season and his approach to the start of this season, I thought he would be the way he started and the way the team started. You know they they were two and ten at one point, and then Anthony Davis went off, he made a push, LeBron was playing that supporting role. It felt like by the end of the season, if that held true, the Lakers would easily make the playoffs. Anthony Davis could be, you know, in the mix as far as some awards conversations, like an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he would be like an all all NBA and or all defensive team type of guy, He'd be an all-star. You know, it would have been a return to form. He was playing great. And then the injury bug happens, you know, and I talked about it last time, how frustrating that is. And I'll, we'll talk more because of course, if LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't hurt, this team has a real good chance to be in that playoff conversation. And again, I was hoping for them to turn a corner, but now you're, you're not going to have LeBron for the next few games. Anthony Davis is missing more time. It's kind of fallen back to that, that routine that we had the prior season with his injuries. And you don't have enough outside of that to make that push. It's not a position where they're in good standing and they need to ride it out. If they were in a position where they were a sixth seed and they just needed to hold on, maybe they can live with slipping into a play in picture. They could do that with this roster, you know, Malik Beasley, uh, Schroeder, Vanderbilt, um, Hachimura, these are guys that, that have enough of something to string some wins together. And especially with a young coach, first year head coach who's motivated and, you know, wants to do things the right way. seems like he's, you know, a, a, a good coach working, a hardworking coach. You know, this team could maybe do some of those types of things. 
But as they currently stand, they're 12th in the West. They're uh, a, a game behind the Pelicans. Pelicans themselves are struggling. Trailblazers right there, but they the Lakers just don't seem like they have enough, especially if they're missing those guys, to make a push into that play-in picture. And, uh, I mean, they're up right now tonight against the Thunder, so maybe they get a win and they're uh, then just into 11th. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to start talking myself out of this point that I've made for the last five minutes. Um, but, you know, maybe this, maybe that's the way this is, because it seems like lately a lot of the takes that I have or the points that I make, as soon as I openly discuss them on the pod, podcast, they seem to kind of reverse themselves. Uh, Memphis fans know this too well because I, I made a prediction about the Grizzlies having an extended winning streak, and then they proceeded to lose like four or five straight games. Um, so who knows? Maybe me talking at length about the Lakers – uh, you know, throwing in the towel and saying that it's not going to be a playoff season for them. Maybe that will flip a switch for them, for them and they'll make a push. Uh, if they do that, credit to them, props to them. Um, but I just want to talk about, I, I feel bad about that. And I feel like for the Lakers, it's going to be a tough road ahead. I'm not so sure they'll, they'll be able to slip into that playoff type of spot. Um, so that's kind of my, my storylines bit. And that's really the first time we've done that uh, in all honesty, in our, you know, on the podcast. So I guess, I guess that's something um, to talk about a weekly prediction. I made this actually pretty quickly. Normally I'm, I have to kind of push a little bit to figure out what my weekly prediction will look like. Um, this one came pretty quick and it involves two teams. I don't want this to be a, um, you know, point and laugh at the, these teams scenario. That is not the case. Um, both these teams are in a, a stage where they're not, you know, they're losing games, but it's not going to be detrimental to their current team direction as a whole. Anyways, I'm being intentionally vague and I'm kind of dancing around the, the predict, prediction. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you if I can speak. My prediction for this week is this, and this one kind of runs through the rest of the season. So, after tonight's game, both the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs, they will have 40 combined remaining games to finish out the season. My prediction is the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs will win a combined six games or less over their combined 40 remaining games. They each have 20 games left after tonight's schedule. So that's my prediction. And um, again, it's not meant to say all these teams are so bad and um, – they're struggling and they're trying to develop young talent. They're, they're looking to the draft this season. They have, you know, free agency, clearing up cap space. It's, it's rebuilding processes for both these teams. They're not looking to be ultra competitive right now. Um, but their, their struggles lately have been especially profound for the Spurs. Of course, they did just barely win, but prior to that, they had been on a, 17 game 16 17 game losing streak 16 game losing streak and so that you know really catapulted them or weighed them down for for a better phrase to the very you know bottom three teams of the nba this season um the rockets meanwhile they've lost 10 straight games their last 10 and they lost horribly to the to Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers, they gave up 71 points, 13 threes. 
the game prior, they gave up 12 threes to the, to the Clay Thompson and the Warriors went off. And so both teams, Spurs and Rockets, over the last month, month and a half, have this feeling of teams that are not hapless. They're much they're better than teams like the 73 Philadelphia 76ers or the 2012 Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, shout out Secret Base and Dork Nation for their Bobcats video. Um, or, you know, a 2016 76ers. I believe it was 2016. They had that that tough stretch. Um, they're not as bad as those teams, but this back half, looking at you know the, their recent stretches, it has been tough. And so that's I, I won't belabor the point too much, but that's my uh, that's my take that the Spurs and Rockets are going to have a especially thin as far as coming across wins, uh, especially tough last twenty games or so. Um, they might prove me wrong again, credit to them. If they do that, I, I'm happy if they, they start to t- string some wins together, but that's just kind of what I think might happen as we, uh, come towards the end of the season. Uh, that being said, that takes care of, uh, the bulk of our show. We'll go ahead and wrap things up with our, this day in history fact for you, March 1st, we're going back to 1978. So March 1st, 1978, John Drew of the Atlanta Hawks committed 14 turnovers in a game at New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey Nets, an NBA record. Jason Kidd of the Phoenix Suns tied the record by committing 14 turnovers against New York on November 17th of 2000. So John Drew set the record for uh, ball handling and ball security ineptitude, if we want to be uh verbose about it but yeah john drew people forget john drew he was a decent player i think he was an all-star once or twice with atlanta uh good score kind of a mid-range kind of fits in that uh bernard king adrian dantley mark aguire small forward mix you know good size decently athletic uh just outside the paint and in scores, you know, could hit some mid-range shots, slashers, types of type of guys. Um, yeah, kind of an interesting fact. Otherwise, that wraps things up. Again, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. Sorry again that Justin was not able to be on tonight's show. Uh, we wish him the best getting well. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be back with summaries from Wednesday's action, the latest news, and we'll do our latest franchise focus where we'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. Thanks again for listening. If you want to check out the Instagram page, that's crossover across time, all one word on Instagram. We post content from the show, but also content from across the NBA. So definitely uh, tune into that. Uh, But thanks again for listening and we'll be back with you tomorrow.